1: Welcome back to Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast Today we are going to be doing something very different Uh, We have uh, Pat and Mike are out today on medical issues We wish them the best of luck there But in place of them we found a uh, much better co-host I kid of course but We have none other than Kyle from the Laughing Horror Podcast Welcome to the podcast Kyle Well, thank you for
0: having me on, Alex. How's it going today? Good, man. It's finally good to have you here, dude. It's about time. You've been talking to me basically week in, week out. What, since the beginning?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think since like the fourth episode. I don't even know. It's been a while. But uh, yeah, man, welcome here. So Kyle has a a really great cast called the Laughing Horror Podcast. I'm going to put the information below. But we're going to talk about
0: Kyle for a little bit because Kyle's a pretty interesting fella. So how uh, how are you today, Kyle? I'm pretty good, a little bit tired, but uh, I'm I'm ready to roll, ready to do this, and uh, I think we're going to have a good time.
1: Yeah, Oh, yeah. So, Kyle, what, what made you interested in doing a podcast in the first place?
0: So for podcasting, basically, I've been a fan of uh, various podcasts over the last, uh, let's say, 10, 10 years or so. Uh, first one that I actually found was the uh, FairShop.com Horror Podcast, which they're a uh, unfortunately no longer uh, doing the shows anymore but uh, definitely uh, got me right back into horror because I used to be a, a horror nut when I was younger and just nice ever since then I basically wanted to do one and then to start i found Kevin Smith's podcasts uh, uh, basically everybody else's podcast out there and I just I'd, I'd listen to more podcasts than anything else nowadays so well, definitely something me, I love you told me
1: that you're that a lot of your friends are not big horror fans too.
0: No, I'm I'm actually from this uh, little small town. Um, from it's called Elliott Lake. It's uh, out in Ontario, Canada, and there's not very many people there. Let's just say my high school, including teachers and teachers' aides, uh, we were 50 people in total. So it's, it's few, few and far between to find a horror fan in that group.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is pretty small, actually. I think my school was like 500 or something like that. For my graduating class, anyway. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) Yeah, it's like ten times your amount.
1: Yeah, I think we had like eight or nine. (laughs) That was small for our school, too, technically in the area.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But, yeah, man, so Kyle's a huge horror fan. He does a lot of uh, news, new releases. He goes on tangents sometime, which I highly encourage. Um, (laughs) Because I love Kyle's tangents and his rants. (laughs) But, uh, if you guys get a chance, you should check out the podcast subscribe to all of his channels on Twitter and everything, and everything will be down below in the information and If you don't do it, Kyle will come after you so I will I have a car
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: gonna take a while for Kyle to get to you, but we'll uh we'll make it
0: happen <laughs> Just leave your leave your address in the comments, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'll come to your house. <laughs>
1: So we uh, we got a really good show for you tonight, uh, we or today, whatever day it is, I guess, uh, but we have, uh, we're going to be doing a show about doorway horror, and if you're wondering what the fuck doorway horror is, it's technically any movie that basically deals with some sort of dimension that you can get into, or something comes from, back or forth, doesn't matter. So we picked that to do for this episode, and uh, Kyle went above and beyond and watched quite a few movies, too, so... We have quite a few to talk about. Yeah, definitely try to do my part. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I greatly appreciate it, man.
0: Um, but, yeah, uh, other than that, have you been doing anything cool, man? Or uh, No, just work. I'm, uh, I'm basically a full-time stay-at-home dad and a full-time employee of a uh, call center. Plus, I do this on the side, just uh, a lot cheaper than that daycare. So uh, basically work nights, take phone calls. I actually have a lot of time to do my horror research at work, so it really helps. But um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a hassle once in a while, but um, it's it's definitely worth it. At least I get to spend some time with my kid, teach him some stuff. He's obsessed with horror movies now at the age of two. So, you know, I'm I'm doing something right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's how I would be if I had a kid, man. But if you guys are wondering, if you want to call him, it's 1-800-HOT-KYLE. That's the number to call for Kyle to work on his phone at night. Uh no, I'm <laughs> You're like, "What the fuck?" You forgot to mention it's 5.99 per minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or more. I, I think if you use my discount code beyond the veil,
0: uh you get a discount. So, yeah. 30 cents off. <laughs> <laughs> Is that American or or, or Canadian? I'll, I'll be nice and uh, make it American, it's worth a little bit more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh so I haven't really been doing all that much, man, um, but I've been busting my ass on the podcast, watching the movies, and yeah, I can't really think right now. Oh, I've been working on music again. Oh, lovely. Trying to finish our uh, album. Actually, Mike uh, did a music video over the weekend, uh, just this past weekend. Oh, really? For, for his band Hardwire, and he'll probably talk about that when he gets back, but...
0: the Okay can't wait to hear about that then for sure
1: yeah dude it's uh he, it, the some of the pictures are pretty gnarly like they've got like barbed wire around their necks and like blood out of their mouths and stuff so it's kind of cool nice <laughs> but uh, but uh you know kyle i think it might be that time horse, horse
0: shots shot!
1: Your ears are bleeding from that right now. Uh, (laughs) So actually, Kyle came up with this idea, by the way. Uh, At least the name. He said, uh, why don't we call it something like Breacher or something like that? And I was like, okay. I was like, what about Shadow Breacher? Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) So we figured, you know, there's layers to reality, and there's also layers to this drink. So... We came up with the idea to do, well, he found out, he was like, what about this drink? And I was like, oh, that's like a dead Nazi or something like that. But it's Goldschlager and then you layer in Jägermeister. Okay? But there's another ingredient that we decided to add and Kyle wasn't too happy about this, but (laughs) I made him do it anyway and he's such a fucking good sport, he's gonna do it. But we're gonna dunk that, those layered drinks into a Cup full of Guinness.
0: I don't it know if it's Guinness. been done. Yeah. It, well, it's, if it hasn't, it's going to be done right now. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and start
1: pouring the delicious beverages. Ooh! I got one of those. You got one of the pilfer cans too, didn't you?
0: Oh, I sure did.
1: Yeah. Those I, I haven't
0: even opened it yet. You just, you just knew.
1: <laughs> oh, oops! I over poured. Forgot I got to fit a shot in here.
0: All right, so what do we cheers to, man? Let's cheers to um, the other dimensions. Yes. (laughs) Shadow Breacher, commence. (laughs) So we're doing this in one whole shot here? Right now, man. All right, let's go. Dropped it. I finished it. Oh. Oh. You know, it's not so bad. Well, no, it just, oh, Gold slagger just kicked in. <coughs>
1: yeah, the Goldschlager did cut through, and usually it's the fucking Jaeger.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, you're right. It's not too bad at all. It's really not that bad. Makes this Guinness shit drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you should be thanking the Guinness for making make it so it's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's the thing, though. I like Goldschlager, so i can't complain about that <laughs> no dude this i actually didn't mind this this isn't too bad
1: yep. it's not exactly a horror shot it's a horse shot within a a beer did yeah, you chug it or are you just sipping it right shot.
0: now no I, I'm, I'm finished her nice i think i got like maybe like a sip left in the bottom of this thing but i'll, I'll save her for after all right guys that's it for horse shots good day folks today on the news shelly Duval is officially fucking crazy
1: News. So, what do we have for the news, Kyle? You are the news master.
0: All right. So, uh, as a newsmaster, I uh, have brought some uh, pretty decent articles for you today here. So, we'll start off by how Shelley Duval is officially crazy. Um, so according to reports that date actually back to 2009, she's been suffering from some sort of mental illness. So on and off for several years, she's been having issues, but things have only been getting worse as time's gone by. Right. And these alleged reports are from people in and around her hometown. They've uh, basically varied from different things that uh, she's done. Um, some of the reports, uh, were her saving lizards and keeping them in her vehicle because people were feeding them pennies <laughs> and she was upset about it. Um, that police were digging tunnels under her property, which she also claims um, it houses a portal to another dimension in the yard, which works perfectly for this show. Apropos. (laughs) And um, she once went into a store and stated that she was not a chicken nor a turkey and people need to quit sticking things in her. Oh.
1: Yeah. That that makes me paint a mental portrait
0: that I don't want to see. Exactly, yes. So... You know, although this has been obviously going on for quite some time now, the news just had basically blown up thanks to Dr. Phil announcing that Duvall is going to be on a show, and they released the trailer, what, two, three days ago? Right, yeah, it was like so, 20
1: seconds or some shit.
0: Yeah, so the, the look from the trailer is pretty harsh. Uh, just seeing what she's currently going through, like it, it's bad. She's claiming that Robin Williams is still alive, but he's a shapeshifter. Uh, and that the fictional character, um, who was a sheriff of Nottingham, has been threatening her, among a, a ton of other things. Honestly, this easily pissed me off because all these bleeding hearts, r- right off the hop, they came out. And they started claiming that Dr. Phil has thrown himself into the situation just to make a quick buck. It, other celebrities have been jumping out at him, personally attacking him through Twitter. Uh, I believe Patton Oswalt said something along the lines of... Uh, actually got it written down here. Hold on. Right oh, here. I like Patton Oswalt. Oh, me too. I'm curious to see. So he wrote on his Twitter account, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, Thieves Like Us, The Shining Through Women, Roxanne. Shelley Duvall des- deserves respect, not exploitation. And from, a, I would personally think an unlikely source, Vivian Kubrick, which is the daughter of Stanley Kubrick, she's also, he's also been said to have uh, mainly been the cause of the emo- of the, the mental issues that may have, or may be plaguing her today. Really? Um, Oh, yeah, a lot of people were like basically pointing fingers at him because of the uh, the crap that he put her through uh, on the set of uh, The Shining. 500 days of basic mental and uh, emotional torture is what they were claiming. But oh. um, anyways, his daughter uh, Vivian came out uh, to say on her Twitter, My letter to you, Dr. Phil, your exploitive use of Shelley Duvall is a form of lud- ludridism lurid my fucking excuse me (laughs) (laughs) we don't we don't care around here of lurid entertainment and is shameful so in my opinion dr phil you know he's the only person who from my knowledge has actually tried to help her thus far and while the townies around her seem to only want to go post crap and forums about her so the rest of the world can basically make fun of her right so so personally i think that dr phil should not be given shit about the situation not completely anyways Like, I understand people are pissed off about the whole thing being, like, basically a publicity stunt. But until we actually see what happens, you know, get back the fuck down, really. I (laughs) couldn't see it being a publicity stunt.
1: And I don't know. I'm, like, halfway. Like, part of me is like, okay, yeah, maybe he is exploiting her. Uh, But, two, like, did anybody think about her recently?
0: Like, has anybody? No, absolutely not. You know what I mean? everything that i've been able to find online uh is literally just people that live around her like i said townies basically and they're just like hey i think i ran into Shelly Duval uh Shelly Duval was on the side of the road saying that somebody stole her green shirt and just random shit like that right and nobody's right. saying hey maybe we need to get her help like obviously she's not going to be able to help herself when she's in the middle of buttfuck nowhere with no family no friends right
1: right yeah what what if what if okay and so now guys now that you know, we're recording this on a Thursday. So we're literally like four days before it actually this releases. So tomorrow on Friday is when Dr. Phil's going to have this show on. So by the time you're hearing this, if you didn't, ar- didn't already know about it, I'm sure the Internet's going to blow it the fuck up over the weekend.
0: Oh, in a fucking heartbeat.
1: Yeah. But what if, you know... When she's on there, she fucking opens a portal with her mind and walks the fuck through. And she's like, peace. Dr. Phil's going to be shitting in his pants. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> oh, fuck. You had you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. You
1: motherfuckers think I'm crazy? Check this shit out. You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. It's sad in a way because she is such a beloved uh, actor, you know, especially... Yeah. Because of The Shining. If it wasn't for The Shining, I don't think... I don't know. I mean, she's done a lot of other work. I mean, she did Popeye.
0: Yeah, Olive Oil.
1: Yeah, Olive Oil, which was, you know, as a child, I loved fucking Robin Williams and her together. Christina loves Shelley Duvall. Yeah. But She was one of the people that pointed this out to me, by the way. And when I saw her, I was like, oh, man, dude, that's kind of sad, you know? But she seems kind of okay with it. She says she has an issue, and he's going to throw a bunch of money at her, or at least give her some mental help.
0: Yeah. What else do we have here, Kyle? So, uh, something that you and I were speaking about yesterday for uh, a tiny little bit of time, so Don't Breathe 2 is apparently in the works. Um, luckily, I did a bit of research on it, because you and me had a, had a few choice comments in regards to it uh, yesterday, but uh, I found the film's basically only in the thinking stages right now, Um you know how it is the studio sure. says hey we made money let's make another one right but um fede alvarez i believe he's the director and sam Raimi, a producer um mm-hmm. they both know that rushing into a sequel for a film like that is just a really stupid idea to begin with right and on, on top of that there's a few rumors that i found that uh, so don't quote me on them again rumors mm-hmm. <laughs> that um it basically informed us that uh director alvarez and the star jane levy they didn't get along very well on the set so it's it's a hit or miss if she would be coming back but um i believe who is the Stephen lang in it i think you're right yeah so like if, if he's a kid he,
1: actor oh you mean
0: the main guy yes yeah 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 so like if he comes back if they actually make it then you know good on them cuz he's basically the the whole idea behind the movie.
1: Yeah, and he was in um what's that James Cameron movie, the um Avatar. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And and honestly, I mean, the first one was really good. Like I I really like it, but I just don't see All I can see from here is that they're going to bastardize a semi-decent experience. It's like you remember the movie Collector? Did you yeah. see that movie?
0: Actually, funny story for you, I seen um, the collection first, and I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Right. But I realized that it was the wrong fucking movie that I was watching. (laughs) Oh, no!
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) But did you like the first one? I did like the first one, yes.
1: Okay, well, the first one, to me, had such a cat and mouse, very independent. The music, everything about that movie was really good. It's not perfect, but they took it out of the box and turned it into Saul. Pretty yeah. much. That's that's oh, what yeah. I saw it as, uh, yeah, and no, I think that, that, that they lost that that vibe of it. And I think that's what's going to happen on this sequel.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. But mind you, the you have to admit that the that first um, massive kill scene in the uh, beginning of the collection is just fucking awesome. Oh <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, I I haven't bought it yet because I was a little disappointed. Yeah. You know, there's, understandably, there's a, there is some some redeeming things, not very many, um, but. I don't know. I just feel like if they do a Don't Breathe sequel, Sam Raimi's claiming, you know, oh, it's going to be, this is an amazing idea. And no offense to Sam Raimi, I love you, brother. But you kind of said the same thing about Evil Dead, and it wasn't as amazing as I, I don't think it was as amazing as, as they made it out to be.
0: So... No, that, it was still still entertaining, but once again, like it's it wasn't the same.
1: And I like it. And I actually like Fede Alvarez's director's cut more than I do the other one, although the ending is shit. But the extra stuff yeah. that they added in
0: and I don't did you get to see the extended uncut? Uh no, I have not. I've only seen the uh, theatrical cut.
1: Okay, you got to check that out. It's only on digital for some god-for-known reason. I don't know why. But they're only it's only on digital, so I bought it on my Xbox or whatever. Um, but it's the ending shit a little bit. They do this extra bit at the end where she's like walking down the street. I won't go into details because I don't want to spoil it for everybody. That part was kind of meh, but the rest of the extra stuff really gave it that Evil Dead vibe that I yeah. think was missing from it a little bit. Yeah. So like
0: I I still enjoyed like the um the theatrical version of it, but definitely if there's some some more add-ons that's gonna give you that that actual feel of an Evil Dead movie. Right. I'm definitely gonna want to watch it. <laughs> I think. I mean, I like the movie. I bought it. I bought the Target
1: special edition red steel case version for the remake, and it's a good movie. But it just doesn't to me. And I've mentioned this in other podcasts. It just doesn't feel like there's threats in the woods, like all around yeah. you. It just yeah. feels very localized to the body, and that's where I feel it misses. It's a good movie. It's just not. It's not the same, and that's yeah. fine. It can't be. It's a remake. No, exactly. But a sequel, I don't know, man. Not, I'm not, I'm not.
0: So what do you think they would do for a sequel? Just out of curiosity. (laughs) Honestly, um, from what we had discussed yesterday, I believe you stated that they were going to possibly (laughs) kidnap the sister. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: the the girl, the main star, they would steal the sister of the girl. Yeah, go ahead. Continue on because I forget now.
0: So they would steal the sister of the girl, and then all of a sudden, this uh, um, these, these two now-to-be-victims, there will be two turkey basters full of semen being introduced. <laughs> and our, our blind friend will be receiving two turkey basters of semen yeah. up his ass. <laughs> Instead of the mouth. You know what? Maybe they'll freaking, they'll, they'll do the old DP one mouth, one ass. You never know. (laughs) Kyle, you're thinking outside the box. Hey man, I have to.
1: (laughs) Dude, I really, (laughs) could you imagine like all of a sudden he can like drive? Like, I don't know how far they're going to take it,
0: but I just, I, I, if they got Michael Myers to do it, I'm sure they can get him to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really? A kid that's never even been in a vehicle probably suddenly is driving. It's like, what? I love how Loomis's explanation of it in part was it part two? Oh no, it was part one. Like he's like, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. It It's like, oh okay, somebody must have
0: taught him. Yeah,
1: I guess we'll just accept that. I don't know.
0: Fair
1: enough. (laughs) I'm sure they'll he'll go out and find her somehow, manipulate people, something, or they're just gonna somebody else is gonna stumble into the house, and it's just gonna be the same old rigmarole.
0: Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, there's not really much else you can do unless he is on the hunt for them and he's got some sort of superpower that he, we're unaware of. Uh, right. <laughs> other, otherwise, I'm really not seeing anything uh, happening from this. All right, what else do we got, Kyle? All right, so uh, next up I have here, I did not write down any details, mind you, but there is the uh, 4K release of, I basically just want to get your thoughts on it, the 4K release of The Night of the Living Dead, um, That's right. basically 48 years later um from what i gathered I, I talked to it about or about it on my last episode um basically they had a special showing and one of the actors was saying that they didn't like they they made it a 4k version they they fixed everything up but they left the like a graininess to it just so you have that feel that people watching it back in the day had when they originally had it uh go to theaters right oh, okay so um, my thoughts personally on it is basically that they are going to be saving this 4K version next to the uh, special presentation out um, at a uh, festival. I honestly cannot remember the name. I think it was the Save and Project Festival. Okay. Um, so they had two viewings there. But I personally think that they're going to be saving this damn thing um, for two years from now when it's the 50th anniversary before they release it. So. And
1: then in like five to eight years, that'll be an 8K release. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Kate. we get to redo our collections again. <laughs> I mean, I can't say I can. I, I'll complain necessarily, but it is a lot of money. You know, oh, what it, I mean,
0: it, it really is. Yeah, I remember. Like between the, the time between DVDs and Blu-rays was not that long, yeah. and I remember um, just specific places. I believe. Um, Warner Brothers and Disney and there was a, one other place basically they stated hey if you've got the DVD if you bought this DVD in the last five years send it to us we'll replace it for you but it's like a, like another like additional two three bucks a pop so they would right. actually replace everything for them but I doubt anybody's gonna do that again nowadays
1: yeah I don't know man I, I just the thought of 8k and 4k makes me like I guess 4k is taking off I guess it is
0: yeah, no, it, it, it definitely has. And honestly, do you see a difference? Like, have you been able to actually view a 4K? I video? don't have a 4K TV. Not yet. No, uh, But have you seen it like you walk through a Best Buy or some sure. shit like that? And yeah. See it there. Like they look nice. Well, they only play
1: like animated movies on those things when they do that. But that's that's what looks the best, right? Right. It does.
0: Yeah. But throw in actually perfect example for you. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. You put you put a 4K release of that out, even the Blu-ray release. You put that out, it looks like fucking garbage. Right, it just looks like shit. Yeah, sure, the sound effects have been improved, everything like that. The chainsaw sounds awesome. The the you know f- cutting into the to, into the flesh sounds amazing, <laughs> but it, but it all looks so fucking fake. So you have to. Yeah. I what I was like thinking that. about for the Night of the Living Dead. I was like, well, is it just
1: mean it's going to look really even even more fake?
0: Yeah, but that's the thing you're also in black and white, right? So you don't really have to like if there's some like there's a color that's off, you really don't have to worry about it, that's right? That's true, yeah. And then the the fact that they actually kept the graininess in it kind of gives you an idea. Right. But uh yeah, no, I I think that'll work out for that spil- film specifically just because of what they're trying to do, but um otherwise a lot like I said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre just try to if you get a chance to check out the Blu-ray release of it, and you you'll look at it and be like this is garbage. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, I don't even actually own that one. I have it on DVD still.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, because I prefer it that way. Like, even if if I had a VHS, well, I do have a VHS player, but it's not something I put in my living room. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you got to hide that shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just for my porn. I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) The old old box of uh, porn tapes, right?
1: Porn's not supposed to be digital DVD. It's a clunky old dirty ass tape that you stick in there out of shame. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you, you, you want a you want a nice little uh horror related uh, porn story which one's that what do you what do you mean i'm scared now uh one day i was i was sick from school i think it was like in the third or fourth grade or something right. so i'm I'm like dicking around my parents are at work and my sister's at school so i'm like home alone i'm like oh i'm just gonna fucking look through and through some shit see so if i can find some christmas gifts or whatever right right find this fucking box full of tapes all I see is fucking Freddy on it. I'm like, oh, shit, Freddy. Like, maybe Freddy Krueger, right? Just put it in. <laughs> sure enough, it's fucking Freddy Krueger. Oh, it's so a I'm, porn movie. No, no. It was fucking straight up Freddy Krueger. And then I try to go through this box figure, and, oh oh, well, my dad's just hiding the horror movies from me. The remainder of them were porn movies. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Oh fuck, man! I, I told my sister about. It. I'm like, look at this, and me and her like, like we're flipping through the tapes, like actually looking for horror movies. Like everyone's naked. What the fuck? And so, so guys, just up- to make
1: a long story short, Kyle's now a porn addict. <laughs> I'm throwing you under the bus.
0: <laughs> I told you not to fucking say anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry, dude. <laughs> but anyways, we'll cut yeah, this out. just j- j- just, uh, just a fun small. Uh, story for you there no that's funny dude <laughs> so what else do we have we got some. Okay. this is a pretty good news i'm i'm really enjoying this yeah not 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 too too shabby eh okay so that was the 4k release so um we have a new chucky coming out apparently oh um well it, it's oh don't don't be so depressed about it have you seen no no chucky? it's not a depressed
1: no i i didn't mind curse of chucky and it has brad durf's daughter in it who yeah who is the
0: girl in the wheelchair she and she was okay. She wasn't very good in it, but <laughs> anyways, I, it was the closest thing to the original, sort of. Yeah, but with the twist that it was actually a sequel, right? Which was which which I enjoyed. Which was funny because I think I seen the first half of the movie like five or six times. Right, and I just couldn't bear to get through the rest of it.
1: it. It was nice to to have them take it back to something a more serious tone because Chucky became very Freddy like, you know.
0: But, Very comical. Um, ha- had you seen the um, the the f- after credits um, videos or footage that they had in there? I don't remember that. Okay, so basically, like after the film ends, um, I don't know if this was part of the film or like an additional scene in the credits. But um, Brad Dourif's daughter, basically, she's being sentenced in a courtroom for you know murdering all these people, whatever. And then she starts getting wheeled away and looks at Chucky and just starts yelling at him, like, ha, I got away, you son of a bitch, ha! And then everyone's looking at her like she's a fucking nutcase. Like, <laughs> understandably so. Right. But um, after that, a couple more um, credits roll, and then there's a scene where he, is, he finds the, the little girl and then tries to switch bodies with her. Oi, oh, so, doi, Exactly, yeah, he's in the middle of that, and then it cuts out. And then... The fucking most random thing, you're like, well, did he switch bodies or, you know, what the fuck happened? Nothing's explained to you in this next scene, which is him getting delivered to uh, this house with this guy in it who looks very familiar. And then you find out that it's fucking Andy from the first film, the actual actor who played Andy in the what? first film. I don't remember yeah. that. And fucking... He answers the phone. He's like, no, mom, I don't want to do anything for my birthday. We'll just go out for supper, like blah, 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 right? And then all of a sudden you see this fucking knife poke out of the box and start, like, cutting its way out. And then fucking all of a sudden Chucky pops out and fucking Andy's there with a shotgun. He's like, fucking eat this, and then just blast him in the fucking face. What? Dude, I what? don't remember any of this. How did I, I miss this? I, I don't know if it was just, like, a, like a special DVD. I ended up picking up for five bucks, like, uh, like two weeks before Halloween. But right. um, if, if, I need if, to get back. Yeah, if and, we can't find that. it on YouTube for you, uh, we'll, like, I'll, I'll fucking send you the movie.
1: Man, so what do you... So, did so they have a director? Do they have a direction? Like, uh, do they as, know what
0: they're doing? As far as I know, um, from what I read yesterday, uh, there's a television show, I believe, that uh, Mancini is uh producer on or something of that nature. And basically, they wrapped up season two of that show. Anyways, yeah, so apparently the guy said, yeah, he handed over the keys to uh, Mancini, so now he's got... Basically, a soundstage to do his film on. Hmm. I don't think there's anything else more than that, but um, a few, I think maybe a month or two ago, I, I remember doing a news report on him doing storyboards for the next Chucky film, and that that was it. So obviously, he's got something in mind. That's interesting, huh? Yeah. And uh, last but not least, we have uh, M. Night Shyamalan is stating that the Tales of the cripple will adapt the comic book stories, seri- uh, excuse me, <laughs> comic book stories, so the old school comic book stories. So that's definitely something to look out for if you're – you are a fan of the old comic book or anything like that. Right. Uh, As far as I know, it's a 10-episode anthology, and they're supposed to reinvent the Crypt Keeper. But other than that, I don't really have much else. Reinvent? That's scary words. It it really is. I think they're going to keep roughly the same basis that he is, but probably just give him like a new – like maybe a new style of speech or some bullshit like that. Oh,
1: yeah. Maybe because of the same person's not doing him. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I still need to collect the volumes 1 through 12 or whatever it is. I wish they would just put it in a fucking box set already because that's what I've been waiting on, and it just hasn't happened. So now it's just like they'll do it when the 4K release comes out, I'm sure.
0: Maybe, but I I think the issue with that is that they don't have the same uh, companies that had uh, charge of everything. Right. So it could have been like flopped around here and there. So maybe that might be the issue. You don't know, right? Right, that's true. So other than that, that's all that uh, I've got for the news. You got anything to add on? Uh, no, I know
1: that Shout Factory is doing the Shout TV uh, thing on their website. Oh That they? you can also link to your Amazon Prime. And they're doing a contest right now, and they're trying to get people to come to... They're, they're doing a TV show about horror collectors, but they're doing a contest over their horror show. They're doing this horror show where they... Basically feature people who have huge horror collections and you can be on their show and then they air it on their TV show, which is kind of like a channel, but it's shout factory. So it's not just all horror, you know, Scream factory is shout factory. So they're doing that too. Yeah, but if mo- you, mo-
0: most of their stuff is fucking horror that comes out anyways, so. Right, but I'm interested to, ch- to check
1: out the show. Apparently the new episode came out. I'll put a link in the uh, information for you guys to check that out, like we always do for all the news anyway, so. All right, guys, that's it for the news! Now we're going to go ahead and step into the doorway horror that we mentioned earlier on. Um, We watched quite a few movies for this. Pretty much three movies, the same movies together. And then with one extra one that we didn't watch together.
0: Well, technically we watched none together, but... uh... yeah,
1: (laughs) We just took pictures of us watching shows and then sent them to each other. We're like, yeah, now (laughs) you know. (laughs) Check it out, dude. I'm at the showing of they. Hashtag awesome. (laughs) Hashtag love you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I guess we're going to start this off by talking about the movie They, which, if you guys are unfamiliar with this movie, it came out in 2002. It was made in 2001. It had a tagline on the top, and it said, Wes Craven Presents, and it actually wasn't presented by Wes Craven, so I'm not really sure why they chose to do that. I did look it up a little bit to try to get an understanding of why, but he—he, he, I don't even think he was an executive producer because I looked it up on IMDb and I didn't see anything.
0: Here's the thing. I, I, I believe uh, it's because it's through Miramax Films and I believe Miramax did Scream. Okay. I, I, I could be wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure that's as to why. So he probably had some sort of um, you know, percentage in the film or something, some rights to the film. I'm not 100%, but that's the closest thing that I can get to from it. Okay.
1: Yeah, it just, it seems weird. And and all the stuff that I did research on, it just said pretty much they were just trying to use his name to try to push the movie. So, um, the original script for this movie uh, was written by Brendan Hood. And then apparently like 10 different producers grabbed onto the story and turned it into something else. But they're uncredited, except for the guy that did the final draft. Which As is normal is weird. yeah, I mean it does happen quite a bit, but this is like obviously like a very big corporate decision, regardless of that, they kind of stumbled upon a kind of hidden gem. It's not a perfect movie, I think it's like a seven, like across the board mm-hmm. i think I think it's a, it's got some pretty unique ideas for me personally, but essentially, it's about a girl who lives in New York City, although it's not filmed there. Um, she lives in New York city. They're having like, she's having uh flashbacks, I guess, as she runs into a friend who's having, who's had some severe issues as a child. I think he was trying, he was uh, laying in bed in the very beginning of the movie and his mom's wishing him a good night. He goes to sleep and he gets attacked by some creature and gets dragged off the bed. And then fast forward like 15 years and he's, trying to reach out to his friend that he was best friends with when he was a kid. And it happens to be this girl. She, he basically comes to her and he's freaking out talking about how babies cry when, when the lights go out and like all this like crazy shit that she doesn't even know what he's talking about. And then he blows his brains out in front of her in a diner. And uh, that triggers the entire events of everything going on of sleep problems and she starts seeing creatures and lights start going out and all these creatures start trying to attack her. That's the general gist of the movie, right? The interesting thing, I mean, it, it, this is a pretty old film. I mean, 2002, it's not old. I still think 80s movies are relevant, you know, because I'm old as fuck. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, uh, 2002 is kind of old. Um, That's This is a, around the time where, you know, CGI was... Trying to be used, but not applied well. Yeah. And the movie kind of suffered from those horrible CGI woes. But I think the idea and the concept was actually kind of cool and interesting. One, because it deals with someone with night terrors, which me personally, I dealt with night terrors as a child. So I understand and kind of, I don't know, I guess it kind of connects with me in some way.
0: Yeah, no, I've I've seen people who had to to deal with it um, over the years, and it's it's not pretty. So no, (laughs) yeah, I mean definitely something that's got a horror aspect to it.
1: Oh, it is scary. My parents said that I would walk out into the living room and start shaking, and then they would like try to like coax me into the bedroom again, be like, "Okay, Alex." Stop shaking! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're freaking me out. I'm starting to feel like you're possessed by a demon. Can you go back to the room? And I would just eventually just walk back to the
0: room. Did you piss yourself while you were doing it? No, I oh, mean no, I had okay. you know normal kid stuff. You know okay, when you're just, just, make, up. just making sure you weren't uh, actually possessed or anything. No, yeah, <laughs> what, only demons piss themselves. It's in this really.
1: Well,
0: according to The Exorcist, yes. And according to The Exorcist TV series, yes. Uh, (laughs) Essentially,
1: they, and and this is the really interesting thing, by the way, to bring it back to they, uh, the original script was written by Brendan Hood, like I said, but -hmm. the plot dealt with, the original plot, the unaltered script, dealt with a group of four recent college graduates who basically, they discover that the Earth is actually run by a race of organic machines And which allow them to basically the human race to exist, so that they can kill them and harvest their corpses for spare parts, as quote unquote their instead of they their bodies break
0: down and deteriorate. Is that not weird? It definitely is weird. It it almost has like from your explanation, almost has the feel of like cabin in the woods almost. Just or virus or virus. Yeah, absolutely. Um maybe a good mix between the two. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean yeah, it's no, cool. It's I'm not against
1: not. it, but it's just I can see why the studio was like uh yeah, fuck no. <laughs> Back in 2002 they're like this is way ape shit. Uh it's just sad, but I don't know. They is one of those movies that it really doesn't have I don't know how to explain it, but the the, the interdimensional beings put these little chips in people's heads. They're like little bone fragments, not in their heads, but just in different parts of their body. Another so
0: thing Shelley Duvall said, by the way.
1: Yeah, see? Like, <laughs> she's right, dude. There's, there's too much of a coincidence. This happened at just such the perfect time for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, they is a... Um, I think it's... I, I like the movie just because of the concept of it, in a way. And in, back in 2002, it was a very original for its time um there's been a lot of other movies since then so people may not like it as much uh but if you would kind of come to it was a very unique uh hidden sort of movie like a horror movie back then and the the cgi is really bad although they do use very minimal uh uh just practical effects very minimal yeah um but it's it's kind of creepy, and I like the... There's, like, this membrane world that you bust through. And it, all these creatures are, like, laying, like, bodies over top of each other that are, like, spider people. And they just, like, kill people. Uh, or I don't know if they kill them, but they, like, abduct them. So they're kind of like aliens, interdimensional aliens. So that's the connection. You watched another movie, though. One of my favorite Stephen King ad- adaptations...
0: The Mist. The Mist? The Mist. What do you think what? about that movie? Tell us about that. Well, half the cast of The Walking Dead are in it. Uh, <laughs> right. The only thing that can really be said, like, if you're looking at the movie as a whole, is the ending. The ending is just fucking wild. I love it. I, I know. It's just... the I, I'm... I think that the first time I saw it was when my wife mentioned it to me. She's like, have you ever seen this? And I'm like, well, I think I've seen it. She's like, no, no. Have you seen it? You'd know if you've seen it. So sure enough, I, we fucking watch it. And I just – I lost my fucking mind for three days. That's I right. went fucking Duval on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, seriously though. Uh, no, just – how many how many other films have you seen an ending like that? Not it's any. just like he has to kill his son, takes a fucking 12 second walk, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, the army's here, and then he's fucking losing his mind. Like, I just killed my fucking family for nothing.
1: Yeah, dude. And you know like, what? That scene reminds me. I feel like uh Rick from The Walking Dead used that as like, <laughs> yeah. like his influence of how he was gonna react to his wife dying and stuff. <laughs> like I really feel like I thought that I I don't know. I like I think The Mist is the best adaptation of Stephen King's work. Period.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. When I, I read the short anymore.
1: story, well, and and to begin with, I mean, first of all, The Mist is uh, a short story Dark Forces.
0: Is it Dark Forces? It was published as the first and longest story in the horror anthology Dark Forces. Okay. And then in a slightly edited version the included it was included in King's uh, collection of Skeleton Crew.
1: That's the one I have. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, I, you got the cheap version then. <laughs> right. I know. But when I read the mist, though, dude, that the scene where the kid gets pulled under the fucking, uh, the gate in the back where the tentacle creature grabs him. Yeah. It is exactly how I pictured it in my mind. So, you know, Frank Darabont is on point. He is the only person that can do Stephen King justice, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like
1: everybody else is. They,
0: I like all, that all the other close. movies,
1: but I just feel like that one in particular is the best. Uh, we did mention this. I don't know if we did it well, but Frank Darabont is the um, director on this. And he actually helped write the screenplay as well. So he's very he was very involved in this movie and it shows. I really think so. What's his name, Thomas Jane, who did The Punisher in the first Punisher movie? He's the man. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's pretty cool, man. I, I think he's a cool actor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's her name from The Walking Dead, you said? Uh, uh, Lori Holden? Yes. Yeah. She's in it. Um, she's Melissa McBride. Um, that's her real name, her actor's name, I guess.
0: No, no. Uh, um Lori Holden was the one who played Andrea on the on the show. Oh, she was in it too. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, she she was in the car. She um she fucking shot herself in the car at the end, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's her, there's uh Jeffrey Damon who played Dale, and then uh, Melissa McBride, and then there was another guy. I believe it I, I honestly cannot remember his name. He was in the first four episodes of the first season. The um uh, the guy who decided that him and his family were going to go separate ways from the group. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think his name was. I don't want to say Carlos because I feel like that might be racist. Just saying Carlos, unless that's actually his name. No. um <laughs> But yeah, there's there's quite a few actors in this movie. I mean there
1: there's a lot, and I the one of my least favorite actors. Well, I will say she's one of the, probably one of the best. Is the is the crazy um, woman who plays the uh, religious freak, mm-hmm. uh, Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah. Dude, she does such a great job of making you hate her.
0: Oh, absolutely. She's and that's that. how
1: you know you got a good actor on your hands, is when they can make you
0: go, fuck you, I hate you. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. She's also got one of those faces that you just look at her and you're like, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what what do they call it? Resting bitch face? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. That's
0: funny. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any particular things in the movie that you really loved? Uh, Once again, it's just that, that ending, it just blew my mind away. Like I I couldn't believe it. Like I'm like, why the fuck had I not seen this? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just had to throw that
1: in there. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Stephen Um, King said it was like, uh, he really loved the ending
0: and I don't blame him. That, that had to be the most. I, I, I want to say realistic, like in a scenario like that, when you're basically hopeless, like you've tried as much as you can, you're out of gas, you can't do anything. This is what we're going to have to do. It's like the anti-Walking Dead, though. Basically, yeah. They, yeah, we're not no one ever gives survive. up. Yeah.
1: yeah well, is so, it, have they even had have. a suicide on there?
0: I don't even think they have had a suicide on The Walking Dead. Um, in the last episode of season one, the, um, I, again, I can't remember her fucking name. But um, the black lady, she, uh, she decided to stay in the building with uh, the scientist when it blew up. She decided to, to, uh, to die. Oh, wow. It's been a while. Andrea wanted to commit suicide, and then they, Dale pulled her out. And then, um, what was that girl's name? Emily Kinney played her. Um, Maybe Maggie's they're just sister. a little scared
1: about using suicide as a tone in the movie or in the show.
0: They could be, yeah, cuz the, the whole the idea behind the show's survival, right? Right, yeah. I I, I know in the comic book they they did it very like piece by piece with uh, K- uh Carol as her character in there. Like her right. character in the comic book was completely different from the TV show, but like they basically they kind of hinted that she was going kind of like loopy from what was going on and then you know, one thing led to another and she started trying to make out with a zombie, so Hmm. Obviously, she met her fate, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is there anything about it that you didn't like? Not that I can think of, no. Like I, I like the 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 story is like progresses fairly well. I don't have any issues with uh, any of the effects or any of the writing either, which is usually my two biggest pet peeves. Right. But no, I, everything on there, I I enjoyed. It had a pretty good pacing, and I, and that's when we first found out that he was
1: going to be attached to The Walking Dead. Yeah, was after that movie rightfully so they don't really talk about the interdimensional uh portal that they open up like kind of like the montauk project or something yeah um but you hear it through the dialogue that the military guys have so you kind of know that they fucked around with some science and opened up a window into another dimension
0: and it exactly it it, It, it
1: became a door
0: yeah basically just a quick hint to it right right which is great Especially something like that, because then you don't have to, you don't really have to explain the science behind it, because a lot of people will be like, "Well, what the fuck?" And I think if you
1: just divulge that kind of information too soon, then it kind of leaves that mystery. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean? Like, why is this happening? Because that's the panic that's interesting in a story like that. Now, I can't say that 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 movie is necessarily scary, but it is. It's like a fantasy horror movie in a yeah, way. Absolutely, yeah. So. The story was kind of, too, although it had some, the whole tentacle monster always reminded me of, like, H.P. Lovecraft for some reason. <laughs> so just because it's everything he does is, like, always tentacly or some shit. Yeah. Um. One of the last two movies that we feel is kind of a doorway horror, and again, guys, like we always say, you know, there's always going to be movies that we don't mention because we just don't have enough time. But I I do want to give a few nods out to some movies that I considered or that we considered before we did it. Um, that is Insidious, mm-hmm. is technically a doorway horror in a way. The movie uh, City of the Living Dead, Shadow Zone, mm-hmm. The Editor, believe it or not, which is a great funny uh, throwback to the seventies. Uh, the Beyond. Resolution. In the Mouth of Madness. Event Horizon. I forgot
0: Highway about to- that one.
1: Yeah, Event Horizon. Technically, they open up a portal into hell. Yeah. what
0: about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one's. A, I like that. It's probably one of my favorite space horror movies. Yeah, no, mine there's, too. There's not many. I mean, there's Alien, obviously. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I can't really think of one. But that's that's actually a pretty good one. Highway to Hell. House one and two, kinda mm-hmm. technically. Although I would rather save that for one of our spook house uh episodes or just a house anthology or something. And then Phantasm.
0: Yeah. Do you oh, have, absolutely. Um, do you have any?
1: do you have any other ones that you could throw in?
0: They live, Roddy Piper.
1: Oh yeah. They do go well, they go through they travel through space.
0: Yeah. But um does he not get the glasses, and then you can see through like the 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 dimensional veil or whatever the hell it is? So you I, see guess, the aliens? Yeah. I guess yeah. I guess it could be. Um, other than that, like, well,
1: dude, there is one movie.
0: Com- which one's that? Well, I watched
1: um, none other than Jeffrey Combs, Stuart Gordon directed by, From Beyond.
0: Oh.
1: And which is one that you haven't watched yet, which no, I'm I, super excited and I don't I won't ruin it for you, I promise. No,
0: I, I own it, which is which is the biggest piss off because I own it. <laughs> I usually freaking I'll I'll uh rent the uh the rentals online nowadays and I'm sitting there looking at the picture when you were mentioning it to me and then I'm looking at it, I'm like, fuck, I own that movie. Right. And sure enough while we were talking I got up and I looked and I'm like son of a bitch it's right here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that movie uh I would say Scream Factory did a really fucking good job with that movie because it is... Before they put it out, nobody had had a complete version of it. Like, they took... Literally, the the studio had thrown out a lot of the uh, MPAA unapproved uh, footage. They They basically... The studio just threw out all the shit and the only thing that existed was the work print, which, as you know, has all the, like... Grease marker, you know, like, prints on it. Like, all. it was like, it's just shit quality. And they brought it back to life and put it back in the movie. So they spent a lot of money and time on getting that to look. Uh, all the extra footage that had been cut out and it basically killed it. Stuart Gordon said that, it, that basically the movie had been castrated. And now it's back in its full, glorious version of it so which is pretty great to give you guys an idea the original story is based off an hp lovecraft story uh it's literally a seven page story okay really cool stuff and it's essentially what you watch in the very beginning of the movie it is essentially page for page what the movie uh does so you can actually watch that beginning of it before it starts off and says from beyond," but, Essentially the story is a group of scientists have developed the Pretorius resonator a machine which allows whoever who is within range to see beyond the normal perceptible reality but when the experiment succeeds they are immediately attacked by terrible life forms that exist from beyond mm. Well I'm not going to spoil it for you I promise Kyle <laughs> <laughs> One of the the scientists that they're talking about is Dr Pretorius and he's this um, sexually, he's he's kind of like a guy that's really into the senses. And he is an extremist, sexually. This movie is very pornographic in a way. And uh, some of the people that were close to Stuart Gordon were like, are you making porno now? When they made this movie? Although I don't think it's as bad as that retrospect. Mm-hmm. It's not, it does have some nudity and stuff in it, but it, I don't think it's nearly as bad as people make it out. But essentially it's kind of like taking the thing movie, the original, the John Carpenter's thing, and yep. kind of bleeding it into a H.P. Lovecraft uh, reanimator style movie. Really? Yeah, it's it's actually really cool, man. Uh, I, and I know I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but if any of you believe or agree with me, I kind of think From Beyond is a better movie than Reanimator. And I'm sure I'm 90% of you are gonna be like, fuck you, you asshole. <laughs> but like, I really like it. And they spent the special effects guys on this, since the story never really described what these creatures were like in the HP Lovecraft story, they really had full reign on coming up with creatures that they thought. Would be ghastly, horrible, disgusting. You know, like the way
0: that H.P. Lovecraft that, something that would fit the bill, right? Right,
1: but they, he yeah. doesn't really explain what they look like at all. But that's, in that's, the, story. The, that's the thing
0: about H.P. Lovecraft. He 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 was able to give you uh, like a range for your imagination to work in, right? Right. So you can well, create whatever you want in your mind in that range. Like, he'll give you enough information that you need to kind of know what's going on or what it looks like, and then you just build it yourself. Right. Well, he was petrified of things that were,
1: you know, like he didn't know were there, like in the back of his mind, because at the time when he was writing and it was, there was biological shit going that they were discovering. Yeah. So that was like a whole new layer of existence that he didn't think about. And that's why he came up with this story because he was worried what was around him at all times and that he wasn't aware of kind of like seeing infrared, you know, like the predator or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they kind of put that in the movie so that you can kind of understand why, um, you know, cause he describes it in the book, in the, in the pages or whatever. So, but, um, The guy that plays Dr. Pretorius, Ted Sorrell, the character is named from uh, Dr. Septimus Pretorius, which is Henry Frankenstein's former teacher, who basically seduces Henry to the dark side. So that's where they get that name. And I don't know if that's from H.P. Lovecraft or not, but it's interesting nonetheless. But Ted Sorrell, who plays Dr. Pretorius, Ted's uncle is actually Jack Pierce who is the maker of all the universal monsters, like Wolfman, Mm -hmm. Dracula, like White Zombie, like everything, the mummy. Yeah. So they wanted him in this movie like, bad, come in here, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Guys, if you haven't seen this movie, and Kyle, you need to get on this shit, I'm telling you, man. Like, when we get done tonight, you should go watch it. No joke. Well, I know you got shit
0: to do, but I mean... I got shit to drink, my friend. Yeah, well, we're, I'm drinking. Are you still drinking? No, uh, no, I had to stop. I got to go drive to. Uh, oh, that's right. To my uh, my buddy's place there, so I can go. Uh, oh, meet up with my wife and keep drinking with her.
1: Oh, well, that's right. You're going to a party. Well, we'll try to keep this a little bit shorter. I don't want to keep you here, but oh, you're um, such a
0: gentleman <laughs> and a scholar. Oh, yeah. My apologies. <laughs>
1: Just to give you guys a quick, uh, just a quick uh, little tidbit about this movie: the special effects guys that worked on it, some of the same guys that worked on like TerrorVision. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, and that's horrible of me. I'm a little drunk right now, but they basically said that it took them eight weeks to make anim- reanimator all the special effects, and for this movie, it took them 32 weeks for From Beyond. So that shows you. How much effort? They literally made it in Los Angeles and shipped it to Italy where Charles Band, who's the executive producer, had his studio empire. It cost them more to ship it than it cost to make it. Fuck, that's insane. So the special effects in this, guys, it's all practical effects. Like everything is practical effects. So if you're a fan of this and you haven't seen this, you owe it to yourself to watch it. And if you're a fan of ReAnimator, Jeffrey Combs is in it, Ken Forey's in it. Um, quite a few other people are in it, but this, I think it's one of my favorite Jeffrey Combs movies, just because I like that Beyond the Veil thing. That's why we named the show this.
0: Uh, you've, you've definitely piqued my interest. So I've definitely, I've, I've, as you were speaking to me, I grabbed it off the shelf and I put it on the uh, corner of the table here so I can uh, watch it tomorrow morning.
1: There you go. You gotta, you gotta let me know what you think about it too. And if you, oh, if absolutely. you
0: do talk about it on your podcast. You know I will. <laughs> yeah, because
1: I would love to hear what you have to think about it.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I will. Uh, I would definitely let you know what I think about it. Cause the way that you're describing it is right up my alley, the special effects, everything like that as well, like in the storyline. Like, super I'm,
1: creative, dude. Oh, yeah. It's I, I'm, I'm down creative. for it for
0: sure. Now, one of the other two movies that kind of inspired this
1: uh, theme, this subgenre that we were making up essentially called Doorway Horror uh, is none other than the films by Anthony Hickox. um Waxwork 1 and 2. We figured we'd end the podcast on these two movies because we really, I don't know, it's one of those, those are, these are the type of movies that you love and hate. They're just shit movies, but they're great movies at the same time because they took a lot of risks that a lot of companies couldn't do and they did it in such a short amount of time. We both watched these. Did you watch them in order, Kyle, or do you watch them out of order?,
0: I watched them in order? Oh okay. <laughs> kind hard not to
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some people
0: do the opposite, and it blows my mind. I'm like I can't
1: like if I watch those movies, I have to watch them in
0: order yeah, no it's, it, they it's it's almost like for those of you who haven't seen it, it follows kind of like Halloween and Halloween two do like it's basically back to back like mm-hmm. you you need to watch the first one in order to see what the hell's going on with the second one because they basically just jump right into the story <laughs> without explaining anything to you right. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And
1: to give you guys kind of an idea, who direct the writer and director, director Anthony Hickox. He was. uh, He also directed Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth, and he also directed Warlock: The Armageddon, which I did not know. This, those two movies, I like a lot too. I think the Warlock two is probably better than the first one. Although I'm sure there's people out there that probably cut my throat for saying that. No, I was definitely a fan of uh, of uh, Hell on Earth as well. I like that. I like the third one. I took. A, I remember going to see Hell on Earth uh, or Hellraiser three. Yeah. Uh, I took a girl from high school um, to go see that. My mom bought me the tickets because I was not old enough. <laughs> I've and, been there. <laughs> yeah, she bought me the tickets, and then she gave me the tickets, and we went to go see it. And it was like really bloody and gory for her, and she was like. This is what you do. You take girls out on horror movie things. I'm like, yep. (laughs) And uh, so we saw the movie, and as soon as we're done, she was like, God, that was like the bloodiest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, Hey, you want to get strawberry milkshakes? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, You would, wouldn't you? (laughs) So, but anyway, so tell me what you thought about Waxwork One and and maybe what the story is about.
0: All right. So basically, the story is following a small to or a medium to small group of kids because they kind of separate midway through. Um, basically you've got your rich kid and, and just to let you know, basically each character that's in here is based on a horror trope. So you got your hero, you got your slut, you got your nerdy girl, you got your jock, um, the, the comedian and so on and so forth. Right. Right. Um, Basically, there's a waxworks that opens up into in their town. They get in; the girls get invited to uh, bring, um, what is it, six friends or six people? All yeah, the other including themselves. Six total. Yeah. So they said, "Okay, well, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll get some friends over." And they gather their friends together. They show up there, and two of them say, "Well, fuck this, man! Like this place is creepy. We're out of here." So they get in there, and basically, the um, All the exhibits, if you will, um, are all portals to another dimension, which basically if you get brought into it, you get brought into a scenario that that um, display represents. So there's – is it the first? Yeah, the first one. Um, There's – girl goes into it and is basically um, like a vampire story. So basically like representing Dracula. Um, Another one represents the mummy, things of that nature. So after a little while, they start getting, you know, um, coming, coming on to, like, okay, well, we this is what's going on. They start trying to get the police involved. Nothing really comes of it. Uh, and they decide to, okay, well, we're going to go see the, what the hell was his name? Which one? Which Sir, one the, the old guy in the wheelchair. Oh, uh, Sir Wilfred. Sir Wilfred, yes. So they go yeah. see Sir Wilfred, which is the main character's um, s- grandfather's friend or something of that nature. And they ask him, like, hey, this is what's going on. And, of course, he's got all the answers for them. They say He says, you have to burn it, burn this place down or else hell will be unleashed on Earth. But uh, Sir Wilfred and his uh, posse or mob decide to show up and they uh, just start mowing the place down with shotguns and swords and all sorts of shit. It's great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a pretty uh, funny. Uh, it was really bad fight scene in a way. Oh yeah, it was and they really knew bad. It was. But there was a reason for it. But to give you guys kind of an idea, one of the main actors in it is Zach Galligan, who, if you already know, was known for being in Gremlins one and two. He was the main kid. He was Billy. Um, is it Billy? I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He I think he does a really good job. He plays like the suave rich kid who's, you know, in high school, I guess, or is it? No, he's in college. College. Yeah, Yeah. he's in college, but, you know, he's really pretty young and, uh, I don't know, this is kind of, like, around the height of his career. So, uh, apparently, and, and the thing, the reason that these, these, um, displays for, like, the mummy, the wolfman, like, all these other displays are coming to life is because there's artifacts From these real creatures and real, um, like, Dracula and things that they put in the display that brings them to life. It gives them power. And so they're like Satanists or something, and they're trying to get souls in order to, I don't know, bring everything to life, I guess. Yeah. But the museum is pretty cool. Like, apparently the idea came from Anthony Hickox was like, what would it be like to spend the night in a wax museum? And that's literally as far as the idea came from. So, but which is kind of cool, though, because I would be creeped out being in a wax museum overnight. Like, that would freak me out. Just these creatures standing around me. I mean, I don't know. If I was a kid, like, I don't know. But apparently Anthony Hickox wrote the script for this in three days directly in front of the producer of the film. (laughs) Like, three days straight. He just, I think he slept for like five hours And then,
0: like, got back to writing. Well, here's the thing considering what was in this film, I I, I completely understand that it took them three days. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's not exactly. We're not writing fucking. uh, Yeah, this isn't Shakespeare.
0: (laughs) But. Monkeys on a typewriter, that's all it
1: is. (laughs) But it's cool, though. Like, the idea to have several mini movies in a movie is like a really cool idea. Yeah. You know, it's very unique in that sense. And since this came out, this came out in 88. So there'd been other movies that did similar things, kind of like um kind of reminds me of in a, in a very faint way is kind of like when each person has a dream in Freddy Krueger's nightmares. Mhm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they all sort of have their own little world that they belong to, exactly. own set of rules and things that are uh, that are in that. So it's kind of like watching like seven movies in one movie in a way.
0: Yeah, like a giant anthology film, but the exact same character is being used for everything. And it's like like I was telling you earlier, it's basically a love letter to the horror genre. Oh, totally. Like, Like it's it's that's that's why I liked it so much, just because like it could have been just something ridiculous where they made up stupid stories in between, but they actually took legitimate horror stories or horror characters and of course they fucked around with them just to you know not to get sued or anything right and you know made it their own and, and I that's what the, I absolutely love that about it yeah I don't think they ever actually named
1: any of them nope. so they could get away with it nope not at all just the same tropes that everybody knew so it was like everybody was a fan of it because of that yeah exactly one of the things though, that you were saying we were talking about the end fight scene and how it was kind of shitty yeah <laughs> Uh, apparently they had 24 hours to shoot that scene. Okay. That's a, that's nothing like they to, to be able to shoot a huge choreographed fight scene like that would take at least a week. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Like, cause there's so many tiny mini shots that you need to pick up for the different parts and stuff. And I'm, I'm almost sure that they did those shots somewhere else while yeah. they were doing it. But there was like a part where he grabs a bat, and then like the the fighting scene looks really abysmal. (laughs) Like it's it is not
0: choreographed well. No, but but that's that's its charm too. Just because how again the movie's good, but it's shitty at the same time. But because how the shitty factor in the movie, it makes sense with the film. It just it, it, it it takes itself. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. No, it doesn't. So it works. It's pretty funny, too. There's,
1: like, some pretty funny moments in the movie, too. And it's just so loose and, like, you know. Like, if you're being judgmental of this movie, then you're really not getting the point of it.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. They took one take, apparently, for that fight scene.
0: (laughs) Fuck, really?
1: Yeah, because of the film. They only had so much. They had, like, I think he said it was, like, 10 or 12 different cameras set up. Maybe eighteen, I don't know. I could be yeah. wrong, but there wasn't there was a lot of cameras set up, so you can imagine how much film. Yeah, that, that would shit cost. definitely ain't
0: cheap at all. <laughs>
1: no, that's why they only had a budget for twenty four hours to do that. Yeah. So they pretty much just said, Hey, we're gonna do one cut of this really elaborate fucking scene and just hope it works out. Everyone have fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, oh my god, like how stressful is that. But again, you know, you, you, you do what you can with what the what you have.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: and it ended up working out. Like this movie became such a, a a cult hit, and it actually did well in the theater, where a lot of cult movies didn't. Like it actually made money.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, it did. And obviously, a sequel came from it. So people, right. obviously, want to pay to see something else like of that nature, right? Yeah. And w- which is funny because the fact that usually you'll get a film like this that comes out, and then twenty to thirty fucking knockoffs show up. I have not seen a knockoff of this film at all which is very odd that you know like not even like a like a not a remake but like something even nowadays in regards to waxwork i've not seen anything of that nature
1: well yeah i guess i mean i guess you could say monster squad just because of the universal monsters but not really yeah
0: no because because all of them are together right
1: right yeah exactly so it's like you could – I just love the fact that you could step into these other worlds and, and try to survive. Yeah. I don't know. Essentially, the story gets – you know, Zach Galligan's character figures out that none of it's real and that unless you believe in it, which is very similar to Friday the thir- – or not Friday the 13th. Nightmare on Elm which,
0: Street.
1: Which Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street in, in a lot of ways. So I wonder if that had a lot of influence in Anthony's, uh Hickok's writing. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the dreams are very similar to that.
0: Yeah, no, so I, I would definitely assume that that was, at least in part, what he was looking at, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that while I was watching it, but just, you know, in retrospect, thinking about it, it kind of
0: makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, it does.
1: Did you like any, did you have a favorite scene in that, by chance?
0: My favorite and least favorite scene, basically um actually no i did have a different favorite scene. never mind uh, i have two i my, my, have two my, my least favorite scene was the uh the werewolf <laughs> he's fucking really? it was such a bad fucking <laughs> And i don't know if it was animatronic or what the fuck it was but like basically like the monster right here is him growling and yell like almost yelling and then right. he gets to to buddy that he attacks and and starts biting him. The mouth's not even moving. He's just moving his head left and right. I'm like, come right. on, fuck! And then all of a sudden, he like stands up, and then the ears start moving up and down. I'm like, you could afford to get have the fucking ears move, but not the mouth to move. Are you serious? <laughs> hey, they didn't have animatronic money back then. I'm sure. Oh, exactly. Some guy underneath just pushing the mouth up and down. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, and, but yeah, but did ahead.
1: you like that part with that wolf, werewolf scene? I, I thought it was funny. Like the dialogue of the guy, the the smart mouth guy that gets trapped, that was his hell. Yeah, he's tra- trying to help the guy out, and he's just yeah, like and he's like off, talking basically. to the sky, like that they're watching out of amusement. Yeah, you know about <laughs> this fucking thing, like the gods are watching him, and he was like, "Oh, all right, am I drunk? I don't know." But then the like he breaks the chair over the guys, the one of the guys that comes into the the cabin breaks yeah. a chair over the werewolf. Yeah. And then the werewolf does the little sweeping motion off his shoulder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, the the other one, though, which was it was stupid, but it was honestly my favorite um, during the, the vampire one. When the girl like runs into the dungeon and sees the guy like her. I guess it was her boyfriend. and He's strapped to the table. Oh, the white kitchen room. Yes, where they're yeah, cutting like, him up on the
1: table. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah. he's got he's got like a maybe like an eighth of his fucking uh, leg left on the top, and then his foot's left. Everything else is bone. And then a rat shows up, starts nibbling on his fucking leg, and he's like, "Oh, it hurts! It hurts!" And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, "You like, have no you, nerve endings. You have no fucking nerve endings. You don't <laughs> yeah. have muscle. You don't have anything. It's fucking bone, dude." <laughs> and then they're fucking basically when they're uh, what is it like a a fight going on or something like that? They're basically crawling all over him. And he doesn't yeah. say a fucking word.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny about that scene actually is that they used I think it was 32 gallons of blood? Really? Yeah, something ridiculous. The whole room was white. Everybody was wearing white in the room. Yeah. Like that was it was it was intentional. Um but they um one of the scenes the leg part where they she sweeps off the rat or whatever. There's a part where one of the vampires comes in and grabs a piece of meat off his leg and then eats it. Yeah. In the in, in the only version that we'll ever see is the one where it the camera cuts away to the guy who's getting his legs getting eaten basically. Yeah. And then it comes back and he's just kind of licking his lips. That scene got cut because they said it was too graphic. Which is weird. So they kept cutting it and cutting it, and they were like, oh, it's just too much. They finally figured out that if they just took out the sound of him, like, chomping on the meat, that it was okay. So the MPAA was like, okay, this is good.
0: That's all like, it was? <laughs> yeah, it
1: was only the sound, like, that they, they thought it was too much. Jeez. So, I, I don't know, I thought that was really weird. I th- I'm i like, really? That's so weird how things have changed to today versus what it was like back then.
0: Yeah, oh, Absolutely. So
1: now everybody looks forward to all the uncut versions, you know what I mean like
0: yeah, uh, but but that also not to use the uh the word again, but the, basically it's a money grab again, right, of course, but, but I'm fine with that because you're gonna get yourself if there's a movie you like, you have three other versions you can watch, like right like there's there's. Nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm definitely a fan of doing that.
1: <laughs> right. I think um, it was like four years later, it was 1992, that they came out with Waxed Work 2, Lost in Time. What would you think about this movie?
0: This is the type of movie that they were able to basically just do anything with. Uh, right. It didn't matter the dimension, the time, whatever. They could do anything with it because of the way that the last one was. And that's exactly what they did. They just fucking went everywhere with it. So they were right. going through um, let's see what was it? Fucking Frankenstein's monster, uh yeah. and Romero's again, Alien Oh yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. But yeah, just you know, they, they were and they were all short enough that it kept you interested. And even if it was something you didn't like, it was you know, you had enough time to just be like, Oh, I'll just watch this for five, six minutes and then move on to the next story, right? Right. It didn't feel as funny as the first one because obviously that's what they were going for to a degree. Right. But uh, it still had that um, some some comedy to it. And the fact that they basically replaced everybody from the uh, the original is kind of a kick in the ass, but, you know, shit happens. Right. Well, and then the first one, they burn down the fucking
1: waxwork. And at the very end of the first one, you see the hand get out. Yeah. And in the second one, they get in a cab, which in, in the middle of the suburbs, by the way, Like, they get a cab. Like, first of all, what fucking cab drives around trolling the fucking suburbs for a fucking ride? Like, you know what I mean? They didn't have a phone or cell phone at the time. But anyway, they get into the cab nonetheless, and the little hand grabs on. Now, also another thing, the first actor that was in the first movie, she was dating Anthony Hickox when he was making that movie. Ah, And between the time that the second one came out, four years later they had broken up so he didn't want to use her because they had broken up and what he said is that when they split up well, supposedly, he said it, it, to, to piss off Hollywood, he picked a completely different actor that looked nothing like her instead of the typical, oh, let's try to match her up with somebody else thing. Yeah. But but I honestly think, and this is just my personal assumption, opinion, I feel like he did it to piss her off.
0: Likely, like, yeah. Or he was likely nailing that one, too.
1: I Wow, well, I don't know. They didn't mention that. <laughs> It's in the commentary, yeah. They have sex in the commentary,
0: actually. There you you go, shit.
1: (laughs) But I don't know, I thought that was kind of interesting. So they picked this other girl, and she did a really good job. In fact, he wouldn't even let her see the original movie. Like, he didn't want her to watch it or nothing. Yeah. He was like, I want you to come in completely fresh, fuck her, you know, let's just do our own thing. Wait, he wanted her to what? No, well... (laughs) All right, buddy. (laughs) Where the first one took place with artifacts that were held by very evil people, the second one dealt with a time travel box that Sir Wilfred left behind for Zach Galligan's character and his girlfriend. So this one technically dealt with time, but it was almost like they were just jumping into other movies. That's what it seemed like to me.
0: Yeah. But it worked. It, it, it stuck with what they were doing in the original one. So right. So you, you really can't complain about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically they stumbled in what they call, quote-unquote, God's Nintendo system. Where God and the devil duke it out. Yeah. So, which I thought was kind of cool. I think that's kind of funny. Sir Wilfred comes back as like a, uh, uh, what is it, a raven?
0: Yeah, a raven.
1: Yeah while he's like in a dungeon or whatever um you said you really liked the alien segment where they were like on a spaceship and stuff yeah what did you what
0: are what some of the things you liked about that just the, the fact that you could like without even them having to do anything you could tell what it was like they they obviously like that's obviously what they're aiming to do right right like, to, to bring, basically bring you aliens without bringing you aliens um, yeah, the alien didn't look anything like the aliens. Oh, no, absolutely! It looked, it looked more like Predator than anything. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. It had this really huge head. Yeah, uh, but uh, like they they the way that they had the um, the actors dressed up, the way that they were speaking, like everything just worked out so well in that scene. I don't know what the hell it was, but it just I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was able to get the point across that it was aliens, but without
0: yeah. using it as aliens. exactly just just. Quickly and simply, and then they never uh, mentioned the word, right? Right. There was a lot of actors in this movie, too. Oh, there was, yes. Just to note, just a few off the
1: top here, uh, there was Bruce Campbell. My man. David Carradine. uh, Alexander Godunov, who was the bad guy in Die Hard, and he was also played Max in the movie Money Pit with Tom Hanks. He was, like, the love interest uh, for the ex- his wife's ex. Also, there was a guy, and we've talked about this guy in a previous episode, because he was uh, the drunk guy in um, Back to the Future. He played in another fucking movie, and I can't remember what it was, where he gets exploded. Uh, but he always plays the, like, famous drunk guy, and his name is George Buck Flower. And he's a famous drunk actor, and he's in this movie and plays the girl's stepdad
0: that guy oh yeah yeah fuck yeah, where no, the hand I, I, kills I, I, he, him or whatever
1: it chokes yeah. him out or whatever he just
0: he just had this like this like you knew he was from somewhere that you've seen before right he, he acts the exact same way he probably dresses the same way too like a fucking slob <laughs> right yeah no he was he is literally
1: like hollywood's like famous drunk hobo. yeah like drunk actor
0: yeah uh quick question for you okay The um, a buddy who played the um, or owned the Waxworks Museum or whatever uh, whatever the fuck there um, David Warner the the actor okay do you remember where he's from Hmm, without looking it up
1: (laughs) no I I know that I've seen him in other stuff
0: but what is he Ninja Turtles two the professor.
1: Oh,
0: no yeah. shit. That's right. I fucking sat there. I don't know how long. I'm watching it, watching him. Like, he dresses the same fucking way. Like, there's... I don't understand. I know this guy. He looks the same. He dresses the same way. He's just older. And sure enough, I'm like watching... Or my son's watching Ninja Turtles 2. I'm like, there's the son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the old Ninja Turtles 2, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not the, not not the not new one. Crap.
1: Yeah, not the one. The Yeah. <laughs> By the way, as a side note, the new Michael Bay ninja turtles to be honest i thought it was better than the first
0: no no absolutely absolutely it was does your Um, kid
1: like that one or
0: oh he he loves anything with ninja turtles on it him his 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 priority list is paw patrol which i'm not sure that you know what that is i have no idea (laughs) basically just dogs that are like they each have a job and they have a crew or something like that it's it's kind of weird anyways (laughs) uh ninja turtles creepy clown so basically creepy clown videos on youtube Wait, what? The yeah, kid straight, likes creepy clown videos. He's, he's a fucking weirdo, man, I tell you. He, <laughs> he takes after his old man. And Chucky. He's fucking obsessed with Chucky. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. I know. When I was a kid, man, you couldn't get me near that shit. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I
1: probably was obsessed with it somewhere subconsciously, yeah. but not like actively seeking it out.
0: No, exactly. No, he'll come up to me and he'll go to the to the movie um. Where the movies are, he'll grab one out and be like, "Hey, Dad, I've got Chucky. I want to watch Chucky." Okay, I <laughs> gotta say no. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, that's pretty cool though. <laughs>
0: yeah. And how old is he now? He's, he's gonna—he's actually gonna be three
1: next week. So. <laughs> oh that's crazy, man. Oh yeah. Like your kid's gonna be smarter than you were at three years old. You
0: know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, isn't that crazy thinking about that? Oh, absolutely. The the, the shit that kids can do nowadays is just freaking phenomenal they get mind you everything's fucking horror related now but right um, i got like a, a shit ton of zombie games downloaded on the xbox and he's sitting there he's like dad i want to play a zombie game so i'm like oh whatever <laughs> like you telling, i kept telling him no i just finally got sick of it i'm like here's freaking left for dead 2 like which gun do you want do you want the use or the shotgun he's like shotguns so i give him the shotgun place him in front of where the zombies show up he's just blasted them left right and center i'm like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that's fucking awesome. I like that your kid loves that shit, dude. That's so funny. Like, I, I would just be so amazed if I had a kid. Like, I would be like, here's all this horrible shit you shouldn't watch. You know? <laughs> Mom! <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. I was, my parents didn't care, I think. They did, but they were like, it's not real. Just just know that. But that yeah. didn't change my nightmares. So. Exactly,
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But to kind of give you guys, like, to finish up the story a little bit, I mean, essentially, it takes off from the first one. The first one, they get in the cab. They go back to their uh, abodes. Like, he goes back to his house. She goes back to her, like, fucked up life. And apparently, she's this, like, prim and proper girl in the first movie. But when she goes back to her stepdad's house, it's like this fucking shithole. And uh, apparently the, the hand followed her back, kills her dad. She gets blamed for it. And now she's being held in court as a murderer. And she tells the court, of course, that it was a fucking living hand that killed him. Nobody believes her. Zach's character is like, fuck, how do we fucking figure this out? And lo and behold, like he supposedly there was this dialogue that they didn't have in the first movie where Sir Wilfred said, if anything goes wrong, just go to this location and figure it out and look behind the mirror. Like, what's her name? The behind or Look for Alice behind the, the looking glass.
0: Yeah, so Alice in Wonderland.
1: Right. So they go to Sir, Sir Wilfred's uh, fucking place, this hidden place. They turn on the light switch. It activates this fucking projector, and it's like talking to him and his girlfriend as if he knew that they were going to survive somehow. And... They pick up a little uh, chess piece character, find a hidden doorway behind this mirror and find this box that opens up a portal to another time. But to me, it just seems like they're opening up a portal into another movie because it takes them right into what fucking Frankenstein. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Like, I thought that was cool. There's a lot of really big actors in each of these scenes, by the way. But I think my one of my favorite ones is not just the aliens one. I like that one a lot. They did the one with Bruce Campbell where they're in the don't go in the house yeah black and white film, and I think that that's like I don't know just the the fact that he's like the the paranormal investigator the ghost like ties him up to a cross and rips off his chest a little <laughs> bit and then he like cuts a rope like he's like cut the rope uh whatever the guys cause like when he shows up, he's like a character in the story and it's not like him. So they're calling him by a different name, but he's like, cut the rope, Brian, whatever the fuck your name is. And <laughs> it cuts him and he falls on his chest on the
0: ground. He gets his rib cage full of yeah. fucking rocks and dirt. Oh
1: my God. There's like his
0: rib cage cracks and there's like rocks and shit in it. at Zach Galligan's fucking, uh, uh what the hell did he say to it? He turns around and he's like, Oh, I think that might be infected. <laughs> yeah, he's like,
1: I think that might be infected. He was like, Can you get some water and, and wash it off? And he throws vinegar on his chest. And it's like this whole like comedic, you know, slapstick thing that Bruce Campbell is like really great at. Yeah. So but I don't know, I love that part. And they, they do a really good job with the uh in the movie they do this like sword fighting scene. Because what they end up in this medieval time, do you remember? I don't think they mentioned exactly what time. It was definitely like a medieval time for sure. It seems like it. Like yeah, essentially the story is that the there's this evil king and he's like trying to take over the king's land by replicating him and turning his body into that. And they have this weird panther woman changing scene. That's like he turns this woman into like half panther, and it's really freaky looking. Um, yeah. but he's trying to take over the king, and and that's the part where it got a little slow for me. But they have this really cool end fight with sword fighting between the fucking evil guy and Zach Galligan, and they're sword fighting through dimensions. Yeah, and I thought that was so fucking cool.
0: absolutely it was it's just you're watching it like oh shit oh shit oh shit
1: (laughs) yeah it's like all these like nods to all these favorite movies like i i believe they did like well first of all they did we talked about frankenstein and aliens and don't go in the house but they do dr jekyll dawn of the dead yeah jack the ripper nosferatu uh, invasion of the body snatchers, mm-hmm. Godzilla, lost in space. These are all the dimensions that this guy's like fighting through. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it was definitely, definitely great. <laughs> I love that. I don't know that just that just freaked me out. Like, cause like I just wanted to be. A li- it just made you want to be in each one of those worlds, like individually.
0: Yeah. So no, absolutely, no. I I I really enjoyed it. Like that was. I remember seeing waxwork. Uh, well, the first one like years ago. Right and the second one that was the first time that I seen it uh, today, and I, I really enjoyed it well, what do you think i mean do you did you uh
1: do you have a favorite between the two because I feel like I don't know, I like both of them, but I'm a little I, bit partial to one
0: yeah i i, I like the storyline in the first one, like like I said, it's fucking nutty, but at least it's a storyline, and then the second one is basically like. Here's a tidbit of information. This is what you're going to go on to follow the next story. But we're basically just going to throw in all these cool scenes for you to, uh, to work with. Right. Which th- that I enjoyed. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a toss up because I really enjoyed the scenes in the second one. But the first one, like the story, uh, uh, I, I guess I'll go with two.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel that way too. But I think I think the first one's probably the better movie in, 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 in general just because of that long period in the medieval time that they have in the second one. Yeah. But I love the scene when they're sword fighting and going into all those different dimensions, and it's almost like an updated version where it's like the first one is like dealing with your classic monsters in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and kind the of, second kind of working, one... Working
0: through the history, right?
1: Exactly. And it's like the second one's like... It's almost like you're doing a story about the 50s versus all the characters in the 80s. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I kind of lean towards the eighties a little bit in that. Don't hate me. I still like all the Universal monsters and shit, <laughs> uh, but it's not. It doesn't affect me as much as like some fans out there. Like for me, eighties was just like just frothing at the mouth, full of ideas and all yeah. those things that I grew up with. I am so nostalgic to. That's why I probably lean towards the second one a little bit more.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely.
1: But yeah, man. That's about it. I mean, we there's so many other movies that we listed off that we could probably talk about for days and days. We're not sure what we're going to do on the next episode, but, yeah, I'm really, really super thankful that you came on the show, Kyle. Thank you so much.
0: Not a problem, man. Anytime.
1: Like, not just because the, the guys weren't able to make it. Like, I really wish they could have been here to, to hang out with you, but... Yeah. In a way, you kind of saved the show also by being on the show because it would have just been me jerking off in my own mouth um, uh, about stuff. And I don't even know what I would have said. I'm, I'm really glad that you got to come on, man. So thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, not a problem, man. I'm really happy to have uh, been able to do it with you. Fuck yeah, dude. With that said, guys, that is your doorway horror. Please make sure you follow Laughing Horror Podcast. All the information's below. Make sure you add him on Twitter. On Facebook, on Potomatic, everything that he has everywhere. He's on Horror Amino as well as the Laughing Horror. Is it the Laughing underscore Horror?
0: Yeah, Laughing underscore Horror on Twitter, Laughing underscore Horror on Horror Amino, and basically everything else is Laughing Horror. Well, thanks, Kyle.
1: Everybody, thanks for coming by. We really appreciate you coming by. We'll see you on the next cast on Monday.
0: On The Veil Horror Podcast, tune in every Monday for a new episode. I said I'm not gonna hurt ya, I'm just gonna bash your brains in